my anxiety is my responsibility. Like I'm in the driver's seat. I can go back and change the things that I couldn't change when I was six. I can change them now. And I've just been doing that. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. On today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I interview Taylor Tippett. Taylor Tippett says about herself, she's a little wildflower flight attendant traveling all over this beautiful world. She's extra humble though. She also writes at words from the window seat on Instagram and a lot of other words too, including some of the words that we'll talk about in today's episode. But basically in an overview, she's a 27-year-old flight attendant for American Airlines. She was made known through her notes from a window seat, the project I just mentioned, where she would leave little notes to passengers on airplanes. And now she helps people see the world through her travel guides and inspires people through her photos and her stories. You can find out more about her and what she does at her website, atravelinglady.com. But the reason I wanted to talk to Taylor is she and I sat down about a month ago at a coffee shop in my neighborhood of Pasadena. She doesn't live that far from me. And we talked about a couple of really important things. We met because she's in a publishing journey and I wanted to hear more about what that journey has been like for her. And instead we ended up talking about mental health, about anxiety, about depression, about abusive relationships, and about so many other things that I know you're going to be interested in. And not only that, but we ended up talking about the power of words to help us shift and create change in these realities in our lives. So obviously lots of good connection and synergy here. And I really wanted to get her on the podcast and have her share some of her wisdom with you. One of my favorite things that she said to me that day, and you'll hear her say it in today's episode too, is that we have to take responsibility for our own lives and our own anxiety. We have to sit in the driver's seat of our lives and we have to learn that we're the only ones who can be held accountable for creating the kind of life that we want. She talks more about what that looks like for her and what it could potentially look like for you. I know you're going to love this conversation with her. She's such a bright light and a really wonderful, beautiful person. She's got a lot of great things to say. I can't wait to share today's episode with you. I'm here today with Taylor Tippett. Hi, Taylor. Hello. How are you? I'm doing so good. How are you? I'm good. Are you grounded in LA today or where are you in the world? Yes, I just got back from Maui yesterday. Super spicy. Um, Yeah, I just got back from Maui and I am off for the day in LA. Amazing. I love it. Well, I want to start off by asking you the question that we ask everyone that we interview on this podcast, and that is what does find your voice? mean to you? Find your voice to me means honestly just finding yourself. I think our words and our voice are so important. It's how we process life. It's how we connect with others. And our voice has such an impact on us and just in our relationships in so many different areas. So yeah, I feel like finding 
your voice to me means finding myself because words are the most, well, I think the most, but they're truly one of the most important parts about our being in our, our life. So yeah. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm fully on your board for that. Is, yeah, your voice is, is so much. Um, you know, it's truly everything, especially these days, just processing and dealing and and communicating and our relationships. So, yeah. I love your project Words from the Window Seat that you talk about as being your baby. And is it fair to say this is kind of your first attempt at starting to share your words with the world? Yeah, um, I think that it was the most all-encompassing way because some people don't like reading. They don't like words. Sometimes it takes, you know, people a lot longer to connect with you, um, especially if words are like your biggest, I guess, medium in a sense, like to express yourself. So Words from the Window Seat was my way of kind of creating a, a place where people could come to get words. And flying is so romanticized and aviation mm. is like a wonder to so many people. So combining words, that, and then also imagery, I just felt like was a really cool way to give people that. I had been writing and been sharing things, but I think it was definitely my first way to like actually get people to listen almost in a sense. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What what prompted you to start that? What was going on in your life that made you wake up one day and go like, I'm going to start leaving these notes for people yeah, um, on, on the airplanes? Yeah. I, it honestly just kind of happened back in 2014 where I was at, honestly, I was in a really, really just abusive relationship on every aspect. And I was just so alone. I had just started my job as a flight attendant and I had moved to a brand new city. I was living in a closet with a Vietnamese family that I met on Craigslist. And there was just so much going on and so much change. And I just was in this horrible relationship and I was, it was just so many things at once. And so, yeah, I had, I just started my job and was just honestly so depressed and and broken and sad. And I remember just on a flight one morning, that season of life had been just so heavy and dark. And I was just trying as hard as I could to like, pull myself out of that the best way that I could. And of course, that was by writing and words. And I was sitting on the back of the airplane one morning, um, the flight had been somewhat empty, because it was like at six o'clock in the morning, and we had like the back row. And so I was just sitting back there writing. And um, I just had this urge to, to just to, to be kind to myself, just mm-hmm. show myself kindness, because I felt like I never was going to get out of this relationship or this spot unless I like love myself enough to do so. And yeah, and so I just wrote that on a piece of paper and it kind of just happened. But yeah, I was just in a, a really broken down to like nothing spot and wanted to use words like the best way that I could to kind of lift myself out of the pit that I was in. But yeah, it was probably the hardest, heaviest, most broken time uh, in life when this this photo series project started. Hmm. So yeah. Isn't it crazy how sometimes the most beautiful gifts we have to offer the world are born out of those dark times in our lives when we don't think anyone else understands or is paying attention. And, yeah. and so often the greatest creative yeah. gifts we have to give are born out of that space. I'm not glossing over the abusive relationship and dark time. And I know you and I, we yeah. met for coffee a couple of weeks ago and had a conversation about mental health and anxiety and depression. And you, we, you and I like yeah. resonated on a lot of those levels too. I want to get into that stuff, but I 
But I want to pause on for just a minute because I want to stay on the train of talking about the power of words. So I'll circle back mm-hmm. to that. But on your website, you write a couple of times, words are important. And I know this is a motto of yours. Yeah. I've heard you say it before. What makes you say that words are important? What's so important to you about words? Well, I just think that there's so many different ways that you could look at it. But like, I think about my childhood and I think about my parents got divorced really young and there was a lot of things that were explained to me where words could have been used to like help me. And and I understand, you know, as a kid, there's some things you can't understand and parents protect their kids. But growing up, that was a theme for me, like feeling neglected in like certain areas and like just in a relationship with my parents. And like, I feel like if I could have had encouragement shedded on Hmm. me or like, words to build me up as a kid, maybe I wouldn't have started to have anxiety and and depression. And and I didn't even know it was that, you know, but that's like a theme of my childhood is feeling like I wasn't loved the best way I possibly could because words are so important and they weren't used for me. And, but then at the same time too, it's like, so that's an example of like how our words can really heal and like be a building block and really help somebody grow into who they're supposed to be. I think about that. And then at the same time, too, now as an almost 27 year old, I think about, okay, because of that in my childhood, that's why words are so important, you know? So it's like the lack of them has made me be so passionate about them and just how, how healing they can be and how powerful they can be. It's just, it's how we express ourselves. Like, you know, sometimes when I've been in the darkest moments of my life and it doesn't matter what somebody says to me or, or, or what's happening. I just have my words and, and I have myself and I have a way to express myself, even if people don't understand or if I don't understand. And yeah, they're just so beautiful and they're so needed, especially in our day and age. And, you know, with how so many of us come from broken families and broken backgrounds, I just think that if we could express ourselves more mm. and have honest, true conversations with ourselves and with how we feel or how we feel about others, our relationships would look different. Our mental health would look different. Our everyday lives would look look different and it would just be different. But I think a lot of us are scared or like how I shared that example of my childhood and not having that. I could have easily become bitter or bad at expressing myself because of that. But I used it for good and like for a reason why they're so important to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're just, words are so beautiful and they're just, just, I can't express how much just like honing in on writing and just even just having conversations or encouraging people, even when I'm a mess or feel like I'm not good enough or I'm broken, but I love somebody with my words or just encourage them, like how much better I feel, even though, you know, I I feel like such a mess or Yeah. yeah, they're just Easy, powerful. You know what it made me think of? This might be a really strange comparison, but hearing you talk about the withholding of words and how painful that can be, it made me think of how mm. one of the meanest things I think you can do to someone is totally ghost them. <laughs> you know, like it's <laughs> yeah. like you're like withholding yeah. communication from a person so that not only yeah, not only are you not giving them the encouraging words that they're looking for, but you're also not giving them a sense of closure. It's like almost torture, mm. like a torture treatment. Yeah. For you to go like, I don't even know what I said or what I did to upset this person and they're not giving me any words to to fill in the blanks for me. That It just made me think of that. And then on the 
the juxtaposition of that would be on the opposite side. What a gift it is when even a total stranger, and this is what you're talking about, when a total stranger comes up to you out of nowhere and they're like, I love your hat, or like, you have such beautiful skin, yeah. or you're, you are such a light. I just noticed your smile or whatever it is that they say to you. And you're yeah. just like, wow, you really didn't have to do that. And those words really mean a lot to me. So I think you, you're, what you're talking about there is really huge. The power of not only using words to nurture ourselves, but also using words to nurture other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And it just, there's so much that we can't see that. And also that we can see too, when we use them just for ourselves and for others, like what it can do and the light that it can bring in so many other different things. Talk to me a little bit about the connection between words and traveling. Cause I know you're, tra- you travel for a profession. So you're kind of always up in the air and headed somewhere, which you mentioned has this really glamorous appeal to it. And I'm sure you've experienced, and I've experienced this too, having living a travel life that it's not always as glamorous as it looks, but what's the connection (laughs) (laughs) for you between travel and writing or travel and words? How, How do those two things go together for you? I think traveling ignites and sparks my desire for words getting out and seeing and tasting and experiencing life to the fullest, like while traveling, I feel like that is when I feel the most me. I'm a type of person, I just go, everything's my favorite. I just, I'm all over the place. But I feel like traveling is like, when I am the most seen and heard and loved and just feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I think when you do what you're most passionate about, joy and and love and light and like things like words just flow out of you when you're you know investing into yourself in ways that are healthy and life-giving I think just the the result is you know words and and fullness and things like that so yeah honestly they they just go hand in hand I think when I travel and I get out there and I'm meeting people and I'm seeing people and I'm just charged to my full extent and like feel like I'm the most confident in the most me from there flows out words and stories and just an appreciation for life to where Mm -hmm. my words just like happen, you know? Yeah. That's a really important point. One of the things that we teach writers all the time is that writer's block isn't writer's block. It's life block. That's something I'll say all the time. And I think Mm -hmm. you're touching on that here. You're basically saying like, if if the words aren't flowing for you, whatever that looks like for you, and in this case, we're talking about a writing practice. But so if you if you sit down to write something and it's like there's nothing coming to you, it's probably an indicator of something else going on in your life, like that you're not really experiencing joy. Yeah. And that, I think that can be a helpful diagnostic tool for anybody who's listening, who's in a season of life, kind of like you were talking about a minute ago, where there's just a lot happening and maybe some things that are unfavorable or unpleasant. And they're, they're feeling kind of like, I don't have, I don't feel passionate. I don't have any words flowing through me. I don't have any words coming at all. Um, it's a great diagnostic tool to be able to figure out, well, that's, that's probably because you're, there's something going on in your life that's preventing you from, from finding that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. And, you know, I think on Valentine's day, I had posted like, if you, you know, if you're someone who's not in a relationship or if you're feeling, um, Mm-hmm. unloved or just down, you know, for because of the holiday or whatever. Um, I just felt like sometimes like, you know, saying like you were loved, like it's just overused, like even though we truly are, like sometimes on days like that, like that's just not enough. And so I just like encouraged 
whoever was reading to like just get out there like to go drive with the windows down to go walk outside to just like do something to like almost ignite just like the feeling of getting out of your head and focusing on something else that brings you joy and life Mm -hmm. and love and I think when we do those things and we really like don't pay attention to our our circumstances like not being able to write or a certain feeling and we do something that's going to bring us life and joy and like put our perspective almost realigned in a sense, we can realize like more things and not be so stuck, you know? Yeah, I love that. And I love that you gave that example too, because one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is just what an inspiration and a light you are on Instagram through your words. You know, the, obviously Instagram is a platform for images, but you you have a way of really capturing a simple life experience and and connecting with a reader and just reminding them of who they are and what's really important. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because especially because one of the things you talk about fairly openly on your Instagram, and you and I talked about this more when we met for coffee, but is your struggles with mental health and anxiety and depression. And and I think here's what I really want, the, the crux of the issue that I want to dive into when I first read on your Instagram, and this was before we had ever met in person, that this was something you dealt with, it shouldn't have shocked me, but it did shock me only because you're such a bright person. Your your whole demeanor comes off that way. Like your smile, your face, your words are so encouraging. They're uplifting. They're lighthearted that I just, I don't think I expected to hear from you that that was something you were struggling with, but we can't, we, we obviously can't make that connection. It's not a fair connection to make. So can you talk to me about, just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. um, I think that my journey with mental health has really been honestly all over the place. Um, I think that the more that I realize and like sit with it and like have honest conversations and, and go to therapy and just really like realize what it is instead of running from it, I've been a lot more aware of it and like been able to have realizations and breakthroughs but I honestly have probably dealt with depression and anxiety since I mean I was probably six years old I think just like my parents getting divorced and nobody really explaining and my mom like not showing up in my life and that was my whole childhood Uh, my mom's pretty much been absent I think I just like handled it with of course being anxious so it started from when I was six and I didn't really get a say so and I didn't understand and I think probably for a lot of people it's like that and so yeah from my whole childhood and early adulthood and things like that I just I had it and it just grew and grew and grew because that's what I knew that was the muscle that I had always had and so after being in that really unhealthy relationship and getting out of it and and, you know, healing from abuse and things like that, I just it was really, really bad. And so I think that's when I really started to do the work on it. But I think now that I'm, I'm 27, and uh, faith is really important in my life. And, and just a lot of other things that I've like, really just figured out who I am, I've been able to go back and be like, okay, you know, when you were six, you didn't have a say so, mm-hmm. but you do now, Taylor. So like, what are we going to do? What does this look like? How are we going to be the best version of ourselves? And it's honestly been so much better. And I think I just had this like, realization. And it was a really, really, really hard one to come to. And it was one that came from talking to other people that had had anxiety and, and gotten better with it. And were just straight up honest with me. But I think 
I realized that my growth is my responsibility and also my anxiety is my responsibility. And I am not saying that it's not a real thing and that it's not that medicine is bad. I've tried medicine. I've done just about everything in I'm not on meds anymore, but I was. There was a time where I thought that that was really important and it really did help me and got me through some really hard days. But I just, getting older and really understanding my brain and why I do things, I just realized, you know, like my anxiety is my responsibility. Like I'm in the driver's seat. I can go back and change the things that I couldn't change when I was six. I can change them now. And I've just been doing that. And so it's been so much better and it's been so much lighter. And I honestly haven't been depressed in years and it's been absolutely incredible, but it's honestly hurt like absolute hell just, just getting here. But I would just say, you know, I think because of a result of how heavily I feel things, I also from that have such a great joy because of how beautiful and like incredible life is for me now. And also, you know, there was days where I didn't think I was going to make it and I didn't think I was going to be here. There was a time in life where I, you know, honestly wanted to die every single day. And so just to be able to sit here and even record a podcast is Mm -hmm. a miracle to me. And so I think that's where this sense of joy comes from, because I can look back and say, wow, I have come so far and I can be so thankful and be so full of joy because things like airplanes exist and sunsets Mm -hmm. and and words and I get those and I get to love them and have them my anxiety doesn't have to control my reality and it doesn't mean that it's not there I got a rash I get rashes sometimes when I get anxious like hives and I had a rash two days ago but like it's so much more managed and controlled because I've put the work in and it just takes time and it just takes honest conversations and it just takes knowing that it is your responsibility as hard as that is But like once you start doing that and really just focusing on that and focusing on your growth, it just like just spills out of you and and it just becomes easier. Like it doesn't maybe ever go away, but it, it just makes more sense. And I think just understanding and being responsible and going to counseling and having the conversations and doing whatever you need to do for you is like what's going to be best, you know? I love that. One of my favorite things that you said that day we met for coffee was this idea that you just said to our listeners now, which is about taking responsibility for your own life and your own anxiety. And I think it's such an important shift for everybody to make, but especially someone who wrestles with anxiety to go like, I get to decide how I want to feel and what I want to think about these things that are happening to me or that are happening in the world around me. I'm also imagining as people are listening, if anybody who's listening, who's really struggled with anxiety, because this has been a, a constant battle for me too in my life, really yeah. only only found real freedom from it in the last four to five years of my life. Yeah. But I think people are going to be wondering, okay, I, I hear you, Taylor. I understand that I have responsibility, but I feel like at a loss for what to do. So could you yeah. maybe give them some practical things to do? And I kind of heard a few glimpses of that come out even in what you were saying but some what are some of the things you've done to help take control first of all I just I honestly have so many honest conversations with myself I am the type of person I talk to myself 24 <laughs> 7 um, I'm always having conversations with myself so yeah when I'm feeling anxious or I'm just having a day or you know I'm realizing as like we take time to put work into ourselves and to grow and to heal like you just have these honest conversations with yourself and so I First of all, got to the root of it and I realized, okay, this is something I feel like I've had since I was a child. Like I can look back and remember, okay, I remember how I felt when I was a kid. Why did I feel this way? 
is this something I can heal from? Obviously, when I'm 27 now, it's really hard to go back and heal from things when I was six. So can somebody help me do that? Yeah, therapy, a counselor, like that is a really good place to start. They're trained, they know what they're doing. I had anxiety even going. I had anxiety while I was there, but Mm -hmm. I did it because I knew that, okay, we can start here. So therapy is such a good tool. I've had honest conversations with friends and I've just been like, this is the way that I am. I'm a huge runner. I hate dealing with my pain. So like friends have gotten really upset at me because I'm having an off day and I just like won't respond to them or I'll be like weird. And they're like, okay, what's going on? And I'm like, you know what? Hey, when I do this, can you call me out on it? Or can you show up at my house? Like, please don't let me like wiggle my way out of it, you know? So having a really good support system that just knows, like even if it's just one person, just to have your people is so beautiful and so needed and is a really good tool that you can do as well. Honestly, I believe so much in exercising and taking care of yourself. I am a huge rock climber and I can't express like how good, even if I walk in feeling like absolute crap, if I put my headphones in or go with a friend or whatever I need to do to just sweat and like get my mind off of things that I can't control, I can control physically controlling my body and I can work out and I can break a sweat and I can just let loose and it just does the most incredible things to me and for me and I mean so things like that literally drinking water like I don't think people know how important (laughs) that is going outside getting sun not sitting on your phone I'm a huge reader there's just so many tangible things to where like I think if we just did three things a day, if we didn't eat out and we made a sandwich, if we drank water, if we went on a walk, if we called a friend, like I think things would just be so much lighter. And I think when we get anxious, we just have this grip on it and it's all we can think about and it's all consuming and it makes our body ache. And Mm -hmm. me, I get a rash. Like there's just so many things like, and it's so hard to do. And I know you probably understand like when you're having anxiety and you're in this mood to just get out of it. But it's as simple as just eating, working out. Like that's just such a beautiful place to start. And I think because anxiety looks so big and almost like this monster, like we don't realize the importance of those small things every day that really can like help us grow in our anxiety and in in our mental health. And I think if we just did it, even though every bone in our body is telling us to be anxious and sit in it, I think we would really, and I have seen a difference. And it's why I feel like I have such a better grasp on it and an understanding of it because I do things for me before it can like seek me out first, you know? Yeah, that's so great. It's really good to help bring it down to earth like that because you're right. Anxiety does feel like this massive beast. It's like, how am I going to, and especially if you've dealt with it since you were young, which is true for me too. You know, I have memories of being anxious as early as four and five years old. So, so if you've dealt with it since the time you were young in your mind, you're thinking there's no possible way I could overcome this. It's like, you know, it's a, it's an ailment that I have and I'm just going to have to learn to live with it. But those tangible, small things you can do. And sometimes, you know, like when I was in the middle of having a panic attack, it would, it would literally just be like, breathe, 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 you know? So doing what you can do, taking steps that you can take and going back to what you said before, the feeling of stepping into the driver's seat of your life and taking responsibility for what, what only you can take responsibility for is so vital and important. I'm curious if you have a sense of why you think you've, you've gained this really impressive following on 
online. People are, you know, I think I have an answer for this question. I'm curious if you have a sense of what it is that people are connecting with about you and about what you're sharing. And and then also the other side of that question is what are you hoping that people gain from being in contact with you through your writing online or through your, we'll, we'll get to talking about your book in a second, but through your book or through this podcast episode or however they come into contact with you. Yeah. Um, I think that why people just love what I do and why they stick around is because, well, number one, I think my job in traveling and all the things that I'm passionate about are so romanticized that it immediately draws people in. But why I think like people stay and love what I do is because I'm honest about where I'm at. And I think social media, so many people, not that they're not, but they're just trying to like have it all together or have this like beautiful, perfect life. And while I do have like, I'm very, very fortunate and very blessed and extremely lucky to be able to see the world and do the things that I do. And I have that aspect of like social media, like the glitter, but I'm also real and I'm raw and I just say what I feel and I I feel what I say and I think other people do as well. And I honestly think that's why people love my my words and my photo series project because I'm always just being honest and giving people things that they need to hear that they don't even know they need to hear. I feel like that's a comment a common comment always is like, how did you know? Like I needed to hear this more than you ever could imagine. And that's a constant like theme in DMs and emails too, is just I'm just sharing where I'm at and we're all growing and we're all going through something and mental illness is so real and relationships are so real. And I'm just always being honest with where I'm at, which is honestly where everybody else in the entire world is at. But a lot of people don't share that. And I think that that's why and number one, why like this whole words thing, it's so important because you can connect with people. But I think that's why people, you know, stick around. It's been so beautiful to see. And I don't ever take a every single time I see a comment that mm-hmm. is encouraging and, you know, like, wow, I need, I just, it's why I do what I do. And if one person gets something out of it, no matter how many likes or views or shares I get, then I, I did what I needed to do. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. I really do. I think that's why I've been so drawn to you. And I think it's why so many people are drawn to you because it's really rare to find someone who can both speak the truth about where they truly are in life today and also speak that truth with a lot of joy and perspective and lightheartedness and adventure and fun. So you do a really, really great job with that. And I'm grateful that you are putting your words in the world. Speaking of putting your words in the world, I would love to transition to talking about your book, if you're okay with this, because I know the book's not out yet, but you and I chatted about this when we met for coffee about the, the vulnerable process of transitioning from I'm writing these words on Instagram and I'm kind of sharing my heart with the world to like, now I have to put this into the form of a book. I know this well from my own personal experience and also from the clients that we've worked with. So talk to me a little bit about what made you want to make that decision and then what it's been like for you since then. Yeah. Honestly, I was shutting an overhead bin one day on the plane and I felt like God literally said, you're going to write a book. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm at work right now. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? Um, like, is there something in this bin that I need to see? <laughs> I was like, okay, Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about. Like maybe come back when I'm not at work. But uh, yeah, that was like three years ago. And it's just been something that's been like, I've wrestled with and I've like tried to figure out and it's happening now, which is so crazy. 
Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of where it stemmed from. And I never thought that I would or like wanted to, but it's not that I didn't want to. I just, I just, I feel like words were given to me and like the value of them from that really hard time and that relationship in my life. And so I feel like they were given to me and like, because I was healing and they were like a gift in order to do that. And so it's not that I ever thought I wouldn't. I just like, that wasn't my plan going into it, but I genuinely was at work one day and just felt like that was spoken to me and over me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm in the process of it now and pitching to publishers. Our final day is tomorrow to hear from publishers. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. You'll know the answer by the time this podcast publishes, you'll know who your publisher is and how you're moving forward. That's so exciting. Yeah. Can you talk about the idea of your book yet or or has your agent advised you to wait? No, I totally can talk about it, but it's actually been pretty cool. When I submitted my proposal, everybody, instead of saying no, everybody said, we love this, but we have a different vision for it. So every single publisher I've talked to, there's been about six now, has had a different vision for my book, which is so cool because I turned it in. Not that I wasn't confident, but like I knew I had my story to share, but I didn't really know how to because literally literally as an Enneagram 7, everything is my favorite. I want to write 45 books about like, (laughs) and and I'm very like vast in what I talk about. I mean, traveling, faith, breakups, like hardships, like it's just all over the place. So I honestly really struggled with like honing in my message because I do so many things, even though it's kind of the same line, just like having one theme was really difficult for me. So when I turned in my proposal, it wasn't that I wasn't confident, but I just like, it wasn't like one thing, you know, like there's certain books you can get where it's like on eating habits or like, there's just so many things in my, I'm just a vast diverse like person and I do a whole bunch of different things. So I turned it in and I was like, okay, this has been on my heart for so long at this point. Like I just need to like get it out there. And I was super confident, but definitely like the main message was just a little bit like not sure but yeah all these publishers just had different ways that they saw the book how they wanted to convey the message and so it's been so cool um getting like new insight on something that has been sitting with me for so long and yeah so everybody's different truly every single person had a different theme or vision some people suggested like a gift book some people see it as like almost a Bob Goff kind of like love does mm-hmm. story, which is like my dream come true. <laughs> yeah, it's just been so cool hearing that and seeing that. And depending on who I, I go with, it could definitely be one way or another. So yeah, it's it's all over the place in a really, really good way. So yeah. That's great. I, I love that you shared that too, because a lot of times our listeners don't get to hear they don't always get to hear from authors who are in the middle of the process like you are. And so this is a great little snippet for them to hear that books evolve throughout the development process, not only as you're outlining it, but then also as you're bringing other people on your team, like your agent, the agents, most agents I know have a profound impact on the content of a book because they've got opinions about, you know, how to frame and position a book to make it make sense for you. And then when you pitch to the publishers, just like you're talking about, they're going to have an opinion about where they see your book going. So there are all these choices that as an author, you make along the way uh, about who to bring on your team that really dramatically impact the outcome quite significantly. So it's good for, it's good for, I think our listeners to hear that the vulnerability of the process, what has this felt vulnerable for you or are you just used to it by now? Of the, of like my proposal and like 
Yeah. Putting your idea out there in the world and taking, you know, taking a chance to see if a publisher will pick it up. Cause I know when you and I met, you were like, <laughs> this is how great and humble you are is you were like, yeah, we'll see. I don't know if there are going to be any publishers interested. And I was like, Taylor, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of publishers interested. Yeah. It- <laughs> so yeah, I'm just curious what it's felt like for you. I just, yeah, I feel like I'm like show up. And I'm just this crusty crab and I'm like, okay, here I am. Like, this is me. Like, and I'm always just me. And so I am always surprised at like, even my following, just everything. I'm like, I don't know. Like I just decided and I'm here. So I think that's like my heart and just anything is like, I don't know. Like, this is me though. I don't, I think I'm used to like being vulnerable and just being honest in me. So like, I didn't feel vulnerable, but I think as a control freak, which is why I probably have so much dang anxiety. I think it was really hard having this for so long and then like being like, okay, well, you probably won't hear anything for like two weeks. And then after that, it's going to be like another two. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I've had so many phone calls and so many emails and like, it's just a lot like to just have to wait when you're so excited and then you still have to wait even more, even when you sign a contract and like you have to write and do it actually. Yeah. Even they were like, definitely like the minimum like you'll see your book from when you sign is like 18 months and I was like what like I thought it was gonna be out in like six months like I'm so upset but I think it's not the vulnerability that's hard it's just like trusting the process because unless you've you've written or know what you're doing which I have absolutely no idea like it's just intimidating yeah because you don't know what you're doing and you're showing up and having these conversations and you're also want a book deal so bad but you you know you're you're not getting judged but you're you're like they either like you or you don't and that's yeah that's that's yeah that's that's a lot you're being evaluated so it's it is yeah yeah it's like a job interview like a bunch of job interviews (laughs) and you're hoping for the best yeah and you're like you're like, I know I'm good for the job and like you should pick me, but I also yeah. can't convince you, you know, it's what your whole team thinks. It's not just one person, which yeah, is just, so it's hard waiting, but yeah, I think if you, you know, if they believe in you and they believe in your story, like that's really all that matters. And so I don't think I let vulnerability like scare me or anything. I'm just so stoked on what I'm presenting that that's what I remember instead of like, you know, thinking about all the ins and outs of it. So yeah. So for our listeners out there, I know we have a lot of listeners who like writing, enjoy writing, are drawn to writing. That's why they listen. And they also have a tiny twinge of an inkling that they might like to write a book someday, or they might be interested in publishing. They're not sure yet. Do you have any advice that you'd give to them? Yeah. Um, do it. Uh, <laughs> do it. Spoken I mean, like a you know, seven. <laughs> just like, you know, I mean, it is scary and it's like, you know, intimidating thinking, okay, can I do this or not? But I feel like growing up, like, I was always told, like, the the worst thing that they can say is no. And I feel like if you believe in yourself, and you have a story, and you have a book that you can write, and people need to hear or will hear, just do it. And I mean, I know that maybe you might not get a, a publishing, you know, deal, but you also can self publish. And I feel like if writing is something that you're passionate about, and you believe in, if you believe enough in your story or in your book, you can make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's just kind of like this like hidden like area that nobody talks about. I know a lot of authors, but I'm like, how did you even do that? And I think if you just do it and ask questions and find the right resources, and I know this podcast is one, but I think you just figure it out as you go. And that's what I've learned. I had absolutely 
no idea what I was doing. And yes, I'm very fortunate to have some really good like connections and, and people I could have asked, but I don't really think I asked too many questions like with people during, but I've, it's just all kind of worked out. And I think when you're doing something that you're supposed to do it, it just kind of works out. It might not look beautiful or be easy, but and at the end of the day, it just kind of makes sense. And I think you'll know, you just kind of got to start and it's a lot easier than I thought. There just wasn't a lot of information on it, I guess I'd say. Yeah, um, that's true. But if I can do it, Miss Christy Crab, literally show up, <laughs> fake it till you make it. Like you, you can too. I love and it. And I truly believe that. Love that. That's great advice. Thanks, Taylor. Okay, last yeah. question. This is always the last question that we wrap up our interviews with. And it feels like a massive question, but I'm going to couch it a little bit to make it feel a little bit more manageable. This question comes from the idea that that words are powerful and they're actually our most powerful tool to produce positive change in our personal lives, in our communities, and in the wider world. And because of that, I like to ask people that I interview, what are the words that you hope you're remembered by when you're not here anymore? So if, if you had to put your legacy into words, what would those words be? That's so hard because I truly just want people to feel remembered by how I made them feel and the love Mm. that I made them feel. But I think if I had to pick words, I hope that from people knowing me or people following me or people being around me or just anything, I would hope that, I guess I would view it as like how I, I want people to feel when they're around me, but I hope that they feel a sense of just, just being different. I feel like I just have this really cool like niche faith and understanding of life. Um, So not make things so complicated and that that our pain can make us so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's been my story for a really long time. Uh, I've been through some crap and I've not made the best decisions and I have not always been the best person, but I really healed and come so far. And so I would hope that by knowing me and the legacy that I will leave behind, you know, is that our pain can make us beautiful and also that you don't have to be fully fixed to to live fully free. There's so much love and there's so much goodness and there's so much joy that sits and waits for us and we don't have to, you know, have it all together to get there. And I would hope that people would remember that about me. I love that. Taylor, you're such an inspiration. You're an inspiration to me. You, The takeaways from this conversation for me are don't think about it, just do it. (laughs) Get in the driver's seat of your own (laughs) life. You can take responsibility for your own anxiety and the life that you want to live. And I think those are such powerful reminders to all of us. And like I mentioned, I just love staying in touch with you via your Instagram. It always makes me feel lighter and happier and just grateful that you're sharing your words with the world. So thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. And we're cheering you on. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.